0: Hurt me. me to your
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I of course am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations surrounding sex and sexuality. Today I'm really excited. This is someone that we've like had a bunch of back and forths for a while and um, Well, I won't give away too much. Let's introduce them first. So everybody, get this. Okay, this is Leah Mall and she is the author of the new novel, Sharp Edges. Welcome to the pod, Leah.
0: Thank you. Yay, I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yay, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so I'm so entranced I'm gonna use that word by your (laughs) book so far I'm absolutely loving it
0: oh entranced is such a great word that's amazing thank you
1: yeah it it like has me it has gripped me you know and I'm at the point where I'm like anytime I have a couple minutes I'm picking it up you know (laughs)
0: lovely yeah yeah I feel like it's probably best uh some people have said, like, I read it right away. I couldn't stop reading it, but it's mm. a really dark book. And so I feel like actually reading it in those, like, you know, short bits, like chapter by chapter would actually be kind of nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I was like at the beach yeah. yesterday reading it.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a beach book officially.
1: <laughs> oh, officially. <laughs> <laughs> but this is awesome um, that I've got you here today because the book deals a lot with like You know, young adults and sexuality and the relationship to their bodies Mm -hmm. and introduction to pornographic things and like, there's there's so much. As you said, it's a dark book, but like, it's meaty. It's a meaty one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It sure is. Yeah.
1: So it's like you know, we're going to talk about the book and we're going to talk about other things as well. But like, it's super appropriate. When I started to delve into it, I was like, oh yeah, I really want to pick your brain about a lot of this and yeah your your inspo and how it's tied to maybe some of your own experiences and why choose this subject matter. So yay, we're we're doing yeah. it. We're here and we're doing it.
0: Yeah, it's really funny because there was like a year while I was writing this book where your podcast and a couple other sexuality podcasts were basically all I listened to. (laughs) So as soon as the book was coming out, I was like, oh, of course, I'm going to be in touch with her.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you were because like, that's, that's just so awesome. Was that like an intentional thing of like, "Ooh, I want to do some like sex and sexuality kind of research, already knowing you're going to write a book with these topics? Or was that like, I don't know, once you started doing the podcasts and listening And um, then you were inspired to write.
0: Yeah, I kind of so I didn't really know what I was writing at first. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of just sat down and ended up I mean, I've always been interested in sexuality, in uh, adolescence, especially. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I had that in mind and I ended up just writing about that. And then as I was getting into sort of more of the kink side of things, I started to look for podcasts and to look for resources mm-hmm. um and there are so many great ones now that i wish had existed when i was a teenager yeah um, oh my gosh! like yeah. it would have made such a difference in growing up i think
1: yeah um can you can we shout out some of the ones you did listen to
0: yeah so off the cuffs was a major one yes. uh which i really fell in love with um they, their guests are always just so lovely. And they, they're, there's so much empathy on that podcast for people who sometimes feel like outsiders. And it's really, it's a wonderful, wonderful podcast. I love it. Um, and then as well, the panty selling podcast, because obviously that was a, as you've read, that's a big yep. part of the book. Um, and the, the person who hosts that podcast really uh treats it like a business um which of course it is yeah, um, sure. but it's just a different um it's a different mindset than a lot of things that i had heard about when i was younger um which is amazing it's great to think of it as like this is you are business women or business people mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. need to develop business skills because it is a job and it's a business
1: yeah and isn't that interesting that like I was talking about this with someone recently, but, like, isn't it great that we have all these resources and access to, like, kink, um, just access to people talking about kink, um, Mm -hmm. that it's not through an eroticized lens? Like, back in the day, we didn't have podcasts of... People talking about the business side of selling panties. We didn't Absolutely. have access to that, so isn't that awesome that nowadays you can like subscribe to a podcast and hear people talk about kink in you know in a way like in an in an impartial way, in an empathetic way, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, in like a business like way because it's a job. You know, it can be a job. Yeah, um, doing sex sex stuff and kink stuff. So it's like it's just. Yeah, I, I when I think back to I'm like, Oh, my God, damn, I I wonder how I would have shaped kind of my relationship to the sex and sexuality and kink and all that as a young, young adult. Mm-hmm. If it was different like that.
0: For sure. Yeah, I think those resources would have been so helpful.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Because reading this book, you know, um, the main character is, you know, she's popping on popping on the porn sites um yep. and i did the same thing at this age this one thing yeah. that i was like oh this is me she didn't subscribe you know because you don't really have yeah. a credit card and you don't want anyone you know you're probably too embarrassed to ever do anything like that so you're just kind of watching the preview clips and like yeah (laughs) just seeing like the censored kind of uh you know pics and stuff that are that are on there you're watching the little little teaser clips again and again oh my god yeah because like you you know you're not old enough to like subscribe and like to be able to interact and buy the full um, you know, full uh, length stuff. Uh, so yeah, she's very much doing that. And she's learning about uh, learning about it. As we kind of said, like, you're learning through porn, because there was no option yeah. at, that, at that point. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. I also remember when I was that age, like looking for like, uh, like porn stories. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because I was like, that's something that I don't have to like, there won't be any noise. So I yep. don't have to worry about that. Like, I don't need to worry about anyone coming down and hearing anything. Yep. Um, and then also like Yahoo chats were a big thing where you were like, oh, I can talk to people about sex. It was mm-hmm. it was like a weirdly dangerous, but also really innocent world.
1: <laughs> yeah, I fully was in chat rooms. Just, oh, my God. Yeah. Just like this character. I was in yeah. chat rooms talking to whoever the fuck. Um, 100% I was saying I was older I was making up my measurements um, yeah yeah and I was like just fully sexting with sexting with strangers
0: yeah with who knows who <laughs> with
1: whoever.
0: literally could have been anybody
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and um yeah it is that can be very dangerous like actually very dangerous for young people yeah. to be doing that but like <laughs> Yeah. At the time it was like, it just felt the other thing that like was interesting of like, how you talk about how this made her feel to be on these websites. Like she felt it affected her like, Mm -hmm. and that reminded me of like, anytime some porn would like (laughs) pop up, you know? Um, or anytime I was in a chat, And kind of just going along and they would say something like really explicit I'd feel that in my body like my chest would tighten or something you know what I mean
0: yeah I think also being a teenager is just such like a physical time
1: yeah you're in and I just
0: remember yeah I just Mm -hmm, remember mm -hmm. things being so like intense all the time every feeling I had was so intense because everything like feels new and different and yeah which makes things like feel more important than they are sometimes
1: yeah for sure like yeah in in a couple of years, none of this, you're not going to be thinking about any yeah. of this. It's none of this going to matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's but, so hard to tell a teenager that.
1: <laughs> very. Yeah, they don't care. They're right? not going to hear that. No, no. no, no, no. no. <laughs> so like, okay, is that one of the reasons why you decided to, either decided to or it just emerged, like setting it in this time and setting it... Um, at the time of this person's life? Was that like out of oh things felt really intense like what was the reasoning of setting it there?
0: Yeah so partly for me it was um, I mean I've always just liked writing about adolescence and yeah I think it's just that time the emotions in that time are really intense. Mm -hmm. Um, Also I set it at that time period of time in like the early 2000s, um, partly because I wanted to avoid, I wanted to make it easier for myself and avoid technology Mm -hmm. as much as possible. Um, yeah, like I think the new, I I don't know enough about what teenagers now are doing. Fair. So, so you wrote, yeah,
1: yeah, no, that makes total (laughs) sense. So I wrote from when I was a teenager. There you go. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because it made it a lot easier. And it's also like, it is this weird like innocent time in the creation of the internet when like everything felt really connected all of a sudden Uh and like i remember we got the internet i think when i was in grade eight or nine and it was like having msn was just a totally different world um yeah it just felt very weird and strange and i thought it would be really fun to write about that
1: yeah yeah true that was an electric time true yeah yeah when you could suddenly be like i i don't know if i like did i do chats i'm trying to think icq i guess would have been for Mm. me icq which was a, a same thing a chat uh program or app or yeah. whatever whatever they call it the time I don't even know yeah uh, but like yeah but also like I'd email my friends and stuff like
0: yes so
1: all of that was like very new like I had someone who would like email me lyrics to like songs he wrote <laughs> he'd like just email me <laughs> lyrics he had a crush on me so he'd like email me lyrics <laughs> oh
0: that's so sweet
1: <laughs> yeah it's <was> pretty cute
0: <laughs> yeah so romantic
1: Very, yeah. The feelings were not reciprocated, unfortunately. Oh, too bad. (laughs) But I did have um, someone, because, you know, landlines, we didn't have cell phones when I was that age. I was in like maybe grade seven, let's say. And I had someone um, who there was mutual interest with. We were kind of crushing on each other. So we'd talk to each other on our landline kind of late into the night. And it's so funny. This is... So cringy, but I love it. <laughs> he would put on glycerine bush x Um, he didn't, it's not like he had a guitar and he was playing it. He would put on the CD, oh he put on the track and sing to me into the phone. Oh, oh my whole god, song.
0: yeah, oh my god, <laughs> I love it. That's so it great. <laughs> That's so great.
1: What a swing! Like, what a big oh swing! Oh my god,
0: very <laughs> impressive
1: wild but yeah um this is this book really appeals to me though because I feel like this is very autobiographical in a lot of ways and that's the way I write too and um it felt like yeah it felt like that it just felt so authentic to a person yeah having so much intensity in their life and confusion and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah just trying to navigate it all
0: yeah I feel like um I have to start with real things
1: Yes. um,
0: just because it makes it easier (laughs) and also like I just feel like everything even if I didn't do a lot of the specific things that she did when Mm. I was a teenager um I every like emotion that I wrote about I have felt it at some point um so I think that even though this character does like really goes to extremes in a lot of ways um Mm. I think any teenager has felt those things. So,
1: yeah, they reminded me what like I was a like <laughs> I was a bit of a bad kid um, around yeah, that age. Me
0: too. <laughs> I was horrible. I know, I was oh my odd. god! It actually like okay. So writing <laughs> the book actually made me feel so much more empathy for myself as a oh, teenager. Oh gosh! Because, yeah. Like, yeah. Looking back, like I i mean i was horrible to my parents like i really same. i feel oh. so bad now oh my god <laughs> my i just want to apologize constantly. Oh. yes oh yeah. my god like how did they get through it yeah, yeah. but like going back and like writing the book about things that you know had happened to me or just were a different of the same feeling mm-hmm. um, i was able to look at it and be like oh this girl is like a child like she's a kid these things are yes she's making bad choices but also she's a child and there are things happening to her that are out of her control um and she's just and a sponge only, for yeah like if only everything we could everything going on yeah absolutely if only we could like look at ourselves in that way like i think that a lot of the time we look at ourselves as oh we made a bad choice oh we did this badly we, we were like bad. i'm we were i'm bad really kid. hard on myself yeah yeah but really, it, for everyone else, I look at them and I say, oh, it's like, you're okay. Yes, you made a bad choice, but like, you're okay. It yeah. doesn't mean you're a bad person. So I feel like this really took me out of myself in a way and made me able to look at myself from a different lens, which was really helpful for my mental health. <laughs> yeah, that's like really beautiful
1: yeah. and therapeutic. Like, I yeah. feel like a um you know an exercise you can do is like um write you know write a letter to your young self or like something Mm -hmm. like that right or like when you are doing negative self-talk or like whatever type of self-talk um do it as if you're talking to someone you love a loved one you know yeah um stuff like stuff like that and i feel like this is you know this is a similar thing of like, okay, rather than, you know, if, if you're having trouble um, showing yourself empathy, or your young, younger self, empathy, it's like, an accessible way to do that is like, okay, so let's, let's pretend she's a character then mm-hmm. in a book. And if you're reading about this character in this book, and you're feeling empathy for the the character and you can see that she's in pain and that she's struggling and confused and just a kid and learning and just doing her best and all of that stuff, then like, surely, you know, you can do that for yourself. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think being able to do that would help a lot with a lot of people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, truly. Because like, I think the reflex, at least for me The reflex is when I was that young. I mean, the reflex was, you know, I do bad things. Therefore, I am a bad person. You know what I mean?
0: A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And I
0: think I held on to that for a really long time. Oh, same. (laughs) Yeah. Like I still obviously still have that issue. I've gotten better at it, but I still look back and think like, oh, I like I'm such an idiot. I shouldn't have done that. I like, why would I do that? I was bad. and it's just not it's not a healthy way to move forward
1: (laughs) yeah that's not not the healthiest way yeah yeah (laughs) to look at all of that all of your mistakes (laughs) no (laughs) yeah Yeah. so okay how i want to know um then for you to be inspired to write this book like what was what was your experience then if you don't mind me asking like as a adolescent um say like high school age like what were what was your track as far as how were you connected to your body and sex and dating even stuff like that
0: yeah so i wasn't allowed to date which was okay. fine i guess but my parents didn't i i didn't talk to my parents when i should have um so instead of like talking to them about anything i just started having sex without telling anybody
1: yep sounds Um, about right yeah
0: yeah of course like that's what i because it's a secret i have to keep it a secret because i'm not allowed to do it right it's bad (laughs)
1: i'll I'll get in
0: trouble (laughs) yeah so um i think i was i think i was 16 when i started having sex and I think from the very beginning, I mean, it just started out as a major issue because I really think I put together like having sex with making people like me, um, which is like already not a good way, just like it was never, I never thought of sex as a way to like have fun or enjoy myself um, ever. I don't think I ever learned that growing up. for me it was just purely like oh I like this guy or um I I, sometimes not even so much that just like oh I just want this person to like me um Mm -hmm. yeah I was not in touch with like how I felt about other people or how I felt about myself yeah there were also I mean I, I did do a lot of drugs in high school and so that didn't help but, mm-hmm. Same. Uh, yeah, You were like basically yeah.
1: saying my life story too. So I hear you. Yeah. I really hear you right now. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there was a lot and I think that's all I've always been a person who's been like, very nervous about telling my parents things. Yeah. I don't know why that is specifically. But when I was that age, I was I was very nervous about, about talking to my family about things, which obviously makes things a million times worse. And I wish that it had been different, but yeah. it is what it is.
1: Yeah, it made you who you are today, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, ideally, <laughs> you can have an open, you know, open communication yeah. with your parents surrounding.
0: It would have been nice to, like, avoid so much pain and, <laughs> right? yeah. you know, horrible fights and... Yeah,
1: yeah, but that's like not a failure like exclusively of your parents. You know what I mean? Like the sex education that we receive, you know, in school fails us. Like all of the, um, all of the just like toxic, um, yes, patriarchal miasma in everything media we consume. Like the just the way people talk about everything. It's like it's all failing us. Um, you know, as young, young women and yeah. young, young people of any gender, it fails young men too, it fails, you know, um, that toxicity. It's like, I had a similar experience that was like, you know, honestly, my parents did, did their best too. We were all doing our yeah. best, right? Like they Absolutely. reacted in a way that, you know, I felt attacked by, but like looking back, they were just trying to support me And like, Mm -hmm. you know, everything, all my relationships that I never learned about a healthy relationship from anyone like that would have been a great thing to learn in class as a part of sex ed Um, Mm -hmm. to, you know, to know that like, hey, you know, what does like if, if a relationship looks like this, whereas you're having sex with the person to be liked Um, you know maybe that's not the healthiest thing and maybe here's conversations you can have surrounding this Um, you know maybe let's talk about the intentionality under sex let's talk about the feelings that come up surrounding sex Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about safety um and consent, like emotional safety, you know what I mean? Like all all of this stuff that's like, okay, we learn about how to get pregnant, we learn about here are your genitals, um we even learn about like this is what sex is. Like, you know, a penis goes in a vagina and it's like cool, but like as a young person, as you said, everything feels intense. So like why aren't we learning about feelings? yeah
0: sex. you're so right I also think like there would be I don't know what they teach in sex ed now I assume it's not a million times better than it was when I was a teenager or in elementary school I don't think it but is, yeah. um it would be yeah it would be so nice to see different kinds of relationships and how sex doesn't sex isn't always just like for married people um because to teach about
1: masturbation too yeah like like tell kids that they can masturbate and have orgasms and that you know if it's a physical sensation thing that they're like chasing like a high it's like you can you could do that at home (laughs) like yeah
0: (laughs) if that was something that was taught it would be amazing I feel like growing up um because my parents are they're still married they're in a very loving happy marriage they've been together for a very long time and That was, you know, something it's it's wonderful to have parents who love each other so much. Um, But also growing up, I didn't really know that there was any other thing. Like I knew some of my parents, some of my friends, parents were divorced and I knew my parents were together. And all anybody was telling me was, well, you wait until you're in love. And when you're in love, you get married. And that's what sex is for. So for me, when I started to have sex, it was like, well, I can't tell anybody about this because everything around me is telling me it's wrong. Yeah. So everyone will be mad at me and I don't want anyone to be mad at me. But I'm going to keep doing this thing because then people will like me. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> exactly
1: like i have to do it i'm driven yeah. to do it yeah Yet, that's that guilty thing of like i know it's bad. so much shame yes yeah yeah whereas like you know if we talk to like our boomer parents about sex they'd probably be like yeah i wasn't allowed to date either um yeah but but i snuck out but i you know i got drunk i like yeah. fell on my face um I thought I was gonna. I fucked this guy because I thought I was gonna marry him, or and I, you know, he said we were gonna spend, you know, our lives together, and then he, yeah. we, as soon as we had sex, he was we fucked off somewhere. Like, even just that would have been so good to know, because like you have that reference as you said of like, oh, perfect happy home. Same thing with me. It was like um, this bar of perfectionism that was impossible mm. to um adhere to you know so anything mm-hmm. that wasn't perfect I was just like oh well I suck I'm a failure I'm bad I'm a bad person right like and yeah. sex was a huge part of that at the time because yeah as you said it's like okay well if that's the only example then if I'm not married and having sex and like having a baby um and I'm and, and am an adult you know then what Mm -hmm. I'm doing must be bad.
0: Yeah, I feel like we had very similar. Yeah, uh, sounds like it. (laughs) Growing up periods
1: (laughs) of really
0: needing to be perfect all the time.
1: Yeah. That people pleasing will just kick right in and never leave. Oh,
0: it's horrible.
1: But it's interesting, though. It's like looking at this like, okay, did our Parents fail us by having a lovely, happy marriage? Obviously not, (laughs) but it's like, it's just so funny how people react, how kids react, how kids are sponges to everything. Yeah. And interpret it in their own kind of twisted, confused way, because you don't know anything about it and you just assume. And it's like, why aren't we talking to kids about? about sex and like just it's just this realistic way of like mm-hmm. you might feel like this and maybe here are some conversations you can have with people and here's how you have them and stuff just stuff like that you know Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BedPost—that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T—when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA, and they have sexy themed events running all the time. Here's just a few as I'm scrolling through their Instagram, which is located at Club M4 events. We have threesome Fridays, we have a sexy plus size play party, a night revolving around mini skirts, naughty on a school night. Ooh, and a by-pleasure Wednesday night dedicated to all things oral. Well, if that doesn't get you excited enough, you can head on over to their website at clubm4.com to investigate even further. The club is located at 1989A Dundas Street, East in Mississauga. You can come by and see what a club made for swingers by swingers is all
0: about. Yeah, I also I mean, I hope that things are changing a little bit in just the general world, because like regularly now I find new, you know, Instagram accounts that are talking about healthy relationships and healthy sex lives and very sex positive. And I know that Instagram has also had issues with, you know, like cutting people off for talk. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it is nice to see that, like those do exist and they're popping up all over the place. Um yeah, I think just for but, young people But to 30 see years too late for things. me, but yeah. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> yeah. Way too late for a lot of people, but the new generation, hopefully.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like can you imagine, Leah? Can you imagine following like a really sex positive account when you were like oh my god. 13, 14, 15? How how that would have changed your perse- your perspective like crazy.
0: Yeah, I I would be a completely different person I think
1: yeah talking about attachment theory talking about like can you imagine having access to that as a young person
0: yeah like I had no sense of what and like my parents are wonderful like they they really did yeah same when when they saw things they talked about it like it it just is that I was hiding everything which makes it very difficult for somebody to Mm -hmm. see things um but even with that, like, I, I had no sense of how to spot, like, an abusive relationship or anything like that. Because for me, it was just, like, again, like, oh, somebody likes me. I'm going to take that wherever I can get it. Yeah. So to have that kind of resource that's telling me, like, these are things that to watch out for. These are things that you that you might be feeling or your feelings are okay in this situation. And you're, like, you're not what you're doing is not wrong would have been life-changing.
1: Yeah. And like why you're doing what you're doing, perhaps let's Mm -hmm. talk about that. Like you're, you're doing this to be liked. You're, you want to be loved. So you're feeling (laughs) unloved. So how can we, um, how can we, you know, develop some support around this feeling of being unloved? Because that's a really common feeling actually. And more people in this classroom probably feel it than don't that feeling Mm -hmm. of, you know, you're worried that people are going to leave you or like, like stuff like that. You know what I mean? And like, okay, what are some healthy ways we can feel validated um, and loved, you know, by the people we want to feel that from. And yeah, that would uh, like be, how, that how would helpful would changing. that be? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Literally life changing. Yeah. Yeah. I think just the amount of, I also went to an elementary, a Catholic elementary school, which I, Looking back on it, like I remember being a kid and my parents, I don't remember ever feeling any kind of like judgment from my parents about any of this stuff. And I don't know where it came from, but it must have been going to Catholic elementary school because I remember when I was a kid, I for a long period uh, was like fooling around with my friends and thought that that meant that I was gay and for some reason, I felt so much shame about that, even though I don't, I have no idea where it came from. Um, that for years, like, I, I just felt like my parents were going to disown me. Like, I was, I honestly felt like my life would be over if anyone found out who I was and that I was so ashamed. I just couldn't handle it. Um, yeah. And i I mean, just to have somebody like, Talk to me about that would have been, I I feel like I would have avoided so much pain, (laughs) but I don't know what you do about that except for have those healthy resources for, for young kids too. I think that's another issue is like, I was, I was feeling these things when I was in like grade one, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, and I don't think that anyone thinks that a great kid in grade one needs to hear about shame, and queerness, and mm. but they do because they are feeling these things. So, yeah, like I think representation that we look at little kids. too. Yeah, it's like seeing examples
1: kids. of positive queerness. You know, 100%. queer joy, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, and I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know why that was an issue for me when I was a little kid, but it just was so. I felt so shameful about it, even though. I don't know how it happened.
1: Yeah. And again, it's like that thing of like, okay, well, we just, you know, our examples are like our mom and her dad being married and happily married. It's like, sometimes that's enough to be like, oh, mm-hmm. so queer. So me fooling around with my girlfriends must be bad then because yeah. well, it's supposed like, to be like that.
0: Yeah. Like the lack of education. Yeah. I I thought I was pregnant in grade one. <laughs> Oh my god. for literally like a, a year I oh thought I was pregnant <laughs> like it was oh no, yeah because I just had literally no sense of what what it meant <laughs> and how you got pregnant
1: can you tell me more about that like if you if you're able like why did you think you were pregnant like what that looked um, like to you in grade one do you remember
0: yeah I think because I thought that what i was doing with my friends was sex which it was yeah yeah Yeah, it was it was absolutely sex yeah but i thought that sex as soon as you have sex you get pregnant or you get aids which is like also i mean no sense of what that meant i remember asking my dad what aids was once and he told me that that people could get it from you know sharing needles and I was just like, that can't be the whole story. Because, I mean, I was in grade one. What, yeah. He probably had no idea that he had to tell me more than that. But I was like, no, he's now he's not telling me the truth. And now I probably have AIDS So because I had sex. So that is like the lack of... And I, I don't even think my education was worse than... Like, I, my parents did talk to me about sex when I was a kid. So, but you just fill in the blanks. I did not have a bad education. Yeah, I filled in all the blanks, and there were a lot of blanks because there always are.
1: But also because, you know, those those talks at that age, too. Yeah, it's like a pretty bare bones conversation. It's like, yeah,
0: it's about puberty.
1: Yeah, and your dad trying to navigate like, what's the age appropriate answer to this question?
0: Absolutely.
1: And, yeah, as kids, imaginative kids, we just, like, (laughs) fill in the blanks with all these wild kind of fantasies surrounding it. Yeah. Yeah. That we get from media. We've seen a scary story we read about AIDS, like, whatever it was. Yeah. Some news thing that flashed on the TV one time that was talking about the AIDS epidemic. Like, Mm -hmm. that shit, we're sponges that shit sticks yeah. with you and then you create that whole narrative of like oh <laughs> well sex equals AIDS I'm having sex so I must have AIDS that's yeah
0: yeah yeah,
1: yeah. wow scary scary
0: yeah scary for like a kid in grade one to, to be dealing with Very but yeah <laughs> yeah one. and if only like if the shame hadn't been there I would have been able to talk to my parents about it right yeah. like that's what stops kids from talking to people is I was like they're gonna hate me they're gonna I made a bad choice and so they're gonna hate me Um, and I just couldn't let them hate me so I just never said anything and just lived with it on my own yeah
1: rough yeah really sad just carry it all by your lonesome yeah that's good yeah I feel you fuck it's like interesting it's this thing of like you saying you knowing something was unsaid in that conversation right Mm -hmm. and we're taught very young that anything unsaid like anything too taboo to talk about is bad right so anything that people aren't saying you're like oh well no one's saying it I'm not learning about it in class it's not a conversation that my parents are really open about talking about anywhere kitchen table blah 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 Um, or when we do talk about it it's like secret in a room and no one hears and like that Mm -hmm. influences us of like okay anything then that is really hush hush and unsaid must be bad so like that's why we're not talking about it because it's bad so if we just if you know in school parents caregivers blah 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 we're just talking about it openly um that probably would have changed the way we thought about some of those things like pregnancy like stis like um You know, any of those stuff that can be super scary, but also it's like, but also lots of people get pregnant. Um, Yeah and
0: lots of people here, get STIs and it's like get not STIs. as scary as it seems like it would have been when I was you know in elementary school
1: yeah like hey if that does happen then we will deal with it and we'll here be here to support you and there are lots of meds you can get on and it's um, yeah you know just like teen pregnancy it's like okay well if that ever does happen like here are ways we can try and prevent that but if that ever does happen like that doesn't mean you're a bad it's person it's not the end of the world it's a mistake yeah. people get pregnant by mistake all the time they and here are options you know what I mean mm-hmm. and just know that yeah. you have support and you'll still be loved and you know it's something that we'll get through it'll be difficult yeah yeah but it's something. yeah we could get
0: yeah through. I think yeah. pregnancy was another thing especially when I was a teenager where it was like oh my God, yes I was so scared to get pregnant and I was taking like a pregnancy test almost like every month basically because I would panic as soon as it was about time yeah and then but like I had no sense of like I was taking the pill but I I wasn't even taking it every day because I was a teenager so same. I was bad at remembering I was to bad do at it.
1: taking that pill. Ooh. Yeah,
0: so I would every month like just be in a constant panic about it Yeah, and same. be like like googling like what do I do and like looking for like do I have to go to Toronto like it was it was so much unnecessary stress. Yeah, if I'd I had be just like
1: kids help phone line
0: Oh my god!
1: Yeah, I remember it. One eight hundred. I think it's one 800 <laughs> I, I I I believe that's it. I've called that. I called I think that so that's many times when I was is. young. Yeah, or one eight hundred. I guess that had to be three other numbers and then six eight six eight. But like, yeah, honestly, because I just didn't. Yeah, I I was worried. I got pregnant via fingering one time oh my god I know literally everything everything (laughs) yeah and same with me I was on the pill because um well I think my mom knew what I was up to but also like I had bad skin and it was like oh we'll Mm. just get on this (laughs) it'll like kind of do these two things but like I was I was on the pill and I was using condoms and I was still fucking petrified Mm. that I and Mm -hmm. it's same thing I took a lot of pregnancy tests when I was like before high school, even through high school. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause it's just like, it's just so scary because you have no sense of what your options are really.
1: Yeah. And no if you don't talk about, about it,
0: it yeah. yeah. And your parents aren't talking about it because you're not telling them what you're doing, mm-hmm. then it just feels like, Oh, everything is going to end.
1: Yeah. And if you have that people pleasing streak, oh yeah then like yeah someone finding out the real you like is petrifying yeah Mm -hmm. and you just live under that stress all by yourself like not talking to anyone about it you just carry that everywhere of like if someone knows the real me they will they won't love me anymore
0: Yeah. yeah yeah it's all just this like vicious cycle
1: truly Um, wow. We had very similar
0: (laughs) stories. (laughs) I know it's amazing
1: Uh, because I went to, I actually went to Catholic schools all through schooling, like college. Oh really? Whatever. But like high school, I went to Catholic high school too. Yeah. So I had a lot of that kind of messaging, unintentional messaging. Like my family wasn't really religious at all. We went to church on like Christmas Eve and like Easter maybe that was like it Mm. so we were not a religious family at home but like little did my parents really know or consider was like if you put them in Catholic schooling they're gonna get a shit ton of messaging yeah surrounding their bodies and sex and all
0: that yeah I'm actually really lucky that my parents were like when I did bring things up at home they were mm-hmm. always very willing to talk about stuff I, I just never brought stuff up yeah but I remember yeah I remember once in elementary school um we had been talking I don't know how abortion was a thing that we were talking about but the teacher was talking about abortion and I had this sense that like oh it's this horrible sin of course. And I went home and I was actually watching Degrassi with my mm, mom nice. and yeah. it was, yeah, it was one of Degrassi's the like, abortion the episodes. Yeah. And I was, I remember saying to my mom, like, oh, she's doing that. Like, that's bad. That makes her a bad person. And my mom just said, like, well, try and think about it, like from her point of view. And what if wow. this had been the case? And like, what if she was raped? And what if this was the case? And um, gave me like a lot of different ways to look at it. Um, And from then on, I was just like, oh, that's that's why would somebody think that that's a sin? Like this is and I I developed I looked into it myself and I thought like I I figured out my own opinion rather than just going with what this teacher had told me. Um, And it was like a life changing moment for me. That was a really like hearing my mom give me her opinion on something. yeah, Yeah. And tell me, like, look at it from a different way. You can't just look at this thing and say that this person is bad. Um, yeah, it was, that's that was valuable. really like, I still remember that moment.
1: <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Cause that's like, yeah, that's a life changing conversation right there and it's so funny I yeah. was the same of like my mom probably would have been open to talking about whatever I brought to her but it, I just never brought anything to her I had, yeah I exactly. wanted to hide as much as possible yeah I wanted her to remain our own worst enemies par- yeah oh my god right because you want to yeah. remain perfect in your in your parents eyes especially because mm. like <laughs> they're the people you are trying to please people pleasers you know
0: yeah
1: <laughs> oh god yeah but like honestly yeah like nowadays like my mom is like my biggest fan of all my sex sexuality yeah. stuff it's like really what a missed opportunity for me to not realize that earlier way earlier
0: yeah i think yeah. it's really hard for for kids and for teenagers to like recognize that their parents are also going through shit and like and that you're on a dealing team with their own they're stuff. on your
1: side yeah. Like,
0: yeah like it really felt like when i was a teenager i felt like it was something that i had to constantly like we were in a this like fight yes. constantly even though i could have just talked to them and it would have been fine but for yeah. me it was like no they're the other in this situation and i need to keep everything hidden from them even though it, i don't i didn't need to do that i don't yeah. and i think teenagers think that a lot and they don't understand that like their parents are also people <laughs>
1: Yeah, they and were kids. They know yeah, what you're going they through. they get it. They were like yeah. that. They did drugs. They fucking... <laughs> yeah,
0: they were also teenagers. <laughs> yeah,
1: they probably had some premarital sex over there. Like, you yeah. know, when you think about it, like, uh, how young were people getting pregnant? Like, if you thought about your grandmother, you know, like, people were yeah. getting married at 16, like, and then they... You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. It's, it's not... Yeah, people young people think their parents are just always adults, maybe (laughs) always perfect adults. At least that's kind of how I pictured, you know, they, they have always, they have their shit together. Therefore have always had their shit together. They've never, they would never understand being a complete mess and being confused and making mistakes. Yeah. They would never. Because they don't
0: show that to you because of course they don't. They're also trying to be their best selves for you. Yeah. So,
1: And they're yeah. doing that in response to how they, when they were young, yeah. their parents, yeah. And yeah, like they're, they're trying to do better than their parents by being super positive and by mm-hmm. k- having their shit together, you know, and not being just alcoholics and like not taking care <laughs> of their kids. Like they're really intent on <laughs> making a perfect fucking childhood for you.
0: Yeah.
1: And then you react.
0: <laughs> this way <laughs> it's so fucked up you can never get it right <laughs> yeah, truly. it's impossible
1: that's why like oh my god uh at one point i was like thinking that i might have kids but like man how can you how dangerous <laughs> what a reckless activity
0: oh my uh, god yeah literally anything you do there's gonna be a problem
1: yeah. yeah you're gonna fuck them up <laughs> no matter yeah what. no matter what yeah
0: they they're <laughs> born like yeah they're gonna be on a trajectory and you can't really do anything about it so
1: they're either gonna react this way or react this way
0: yeah exactly (laughs) you're either too good to them or not good enough
1: no in between (laughs) no oh god have you had like have you had feedback on this um as far as like, for me, I'm like, oh, this is me. Um, <laughs> that's my feedback. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just relating so much to this, to this book and this character. Um, how, what is other like feedback you've had surrounding it?
0: That's actually like a lot of the feedback that I've had has been really like even people who who have said I did not, I ident- like I didn't have the same experience as this character have said, I identified so strongly, though, with the feelings and mm-hmm. the emotion that she's having and that like intense intensity of of life when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great because obviously not everybody, you know, grew up Sell, in the where sold panties. They, did, when they were, yeah, yeah, like exactly. <laughs> I, I hope that not many teenagers have had that experience. But uh, just I I think everyone hopefully can identify with the feelings that she's yeah. having.
1: As you said, like, you know, those weren't the activities you did, but it was the feelings that drove this narrative for yeah. you. Like you had yeah. those feelings, you know, and, and took this other path. Right. I want to yeah. know how you um, how did you do research like to learn about like the selling panties and like the other kind of sex sex work type stuff that was happening in the book like what did you do to like know how to write about that
0: yeah so I really did a deep dive on panty selling sites <laughs> which is really fun that's a fun um, browser history
1: that you've created yeah.
0: There. yeah oh yeah I had to like <laughs> always do it on incognito because I was never totally sure what would pop up like on my other computers um, <laughs> yeah,
1: recommended content and stuff <laughs>
0: exactly yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and I also did did do it myself which is I'm not good at it because I hate doing any kind of business like honestly <laughs> for me it's that's why it's the worst like I could never be like a full-time sex worker because I can't stand the administration
1: yeah like yeah, I hate the it admin. so
0: much I oh my god <laughs> having to like pay attention to your email and like send messages and I it's just so boring that part of it for me
1: and hard so it's, it's just never yeah. stops it's like fuck to That's be most online
0: of it. constantly yep. oh my god all so bad. yeah i i just can't i mean i i think that for some people it's like a really great job but yeah. it's so hard to do that part of it
1: yeah online work yeah. is. Uh, oh my god yeah for, honestly. doing all the admin for being an online sex worker is so much harder it's so bad in my opinion than doing it in person so much yeah. Harder. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's very difficult.
1: so you did a bunch of deep dives.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it it's it's been a fun process. Um and I mean honestly, I am so like I got invited to be part of the uh like the panty selling thing has a like a a chat going kind of with everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And um so I was invited to be part of that and The way that they like look out for each other and you know post things about dangerous people and it's just such a lovely community um and it was so nice to just like be part of it for a while so yeah yeah Yeah,
1: i think that's something people don't think of that you know um you know can feel it can seem like oh that might be an isolating thing to do you know Um, yeah but it's like you know even if you don't have an in-person community Um, surrounding the type of work you do like for online sex work like there's a lot of people that are going to be supporting you and like Mm -hmm. being resources for you and like yeah if you just kind of get in there and start commenting on people's stuff and like getting engaged in other people's content then they're like oh who's this and then before you know before long you're in a chat with a group of them and you can be like hey guys what did you pr- what would you price this at or exactly. like
0: exactly
1: i had this issue where like this person complained and blah 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 and they try to get they want a refund like what the fuck do i you yeah. know what i mean just like stuff like that
0: yeah because all of those details like even like how do you mail a pair of underwear right like all <laughs> yeah. of all of those details are so they feel so overwhelming. Yeah. And so it's really helpful to just like have people to ask those basic questions that once you've done it a couple of times, like it seems so easy, yeah. but it's really, it's really scary to be like, how do I price this? What do I say to this person?
1: How do I package um, how it? Do I get,
0: yeah. How do I package it? How do I keep myself safe in this situation? Yeah. Um, there's just so many basic questions that I, when I actually first started researching, it felt really difficult to, to find answers to those things. So things have changed even in the last couple of years for that.
1: Yeah, and will continue to change, right? Yeah. yeah. Like something that was interesting that I have somebody who sells socks specifically. And something Ooh, that I would have never right. thought of, like, I don't, I don't really, I don't sell used clothing, because for mm-hmm. me, I'm just like, that seems like so much work. I got to go to the post office, fucking forget it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I've, you know, I've, I know people that do this. And like, one thing that I would have never fucking thought of, they're like, I always, I tell people that I have a cat, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. maybe they're allergic to cats, and the yeah. socks they're about to buy are covered in cat dander. Yeah, because <laughs> I've been walking around my apartment for a week wearing these things, stinking them up for the person, you know.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, my I god, saw I would never that. think of that. Yeah, Just yeah, some... I saw someone post something about that recently, and I was like, that's yeah. such a nice thing to do. Yeah, like so thoughtful. Makes to sense actually... too. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like, of course.
1: Like, if they're going to receive your dirty sock in the mail and expect to just be, like, huffing it, it's, like, if they're yeah. going to cats, they, that's probably not going to be, yeah. They're... Yeah,
0: <laughs> probably not the best person to buy from.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, I, anytime I do in person, um, I don't tell people, like, to tell me what their allergies are but like for instance just in case like I never have peanuts like you Mm know sometimes I have a little granola bar right I keep granola bars in my locker at work Um, and I make sure none of them have peanuts because just in case I'm like I don't want to eat a peanut granola bar and then someone walks into my space and I'm like breathing on them and spitting in their mouth and stuff potentially like that's something that you know
0: you maybe that's wouldn't
1: good, think of, but it.
0: It's... Yeah, that's a good thing to think of, though. Yeah, <laughs> but you should be. But yeah, yeah. until you said that, I, I would probably not have thought of it. Yeah. But yes. Yeah,
1: it's... it's not a big loss. I don't like peanuts that much, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, ooh, yeah, that made me think of like, ooh, how can I kind of do harm reduction surrounding potential yeah. allergies like that in my workplace? Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. And it's stuff you would only know from talking to other sex workers, you know, because mm-hmm. that's maybe not information that's, like, readily available, I don't know, wherever, on websites and stuff of people yeah. who want to start selling whatever or start doing the sex work. Like, yeah, that's not a lot. There's not a lot of, like, publicly available information surrounding stuff like that. There is, like, here and there. And, you know, people can direct you to what resources they have and some amazing sex workers offer a lot of free resources surrounding stuff like that too, for people who are just getting into it, which is amazing or pay what you can or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's other than that, it's stuff that you just kind of hear from each other when you're Mm -hmm. kind of talking privately. (laughs) Yeah. Things that
0: come up that you would never even have thought of, which is Yeah. yeah, yeah. Learning from other people's experiences.
1: Yeah. It is true what you're saying, though, about like the business side of it. It's like that's that is part that you just don't really consider when you're getting into it either. It's like you're thinking of stuff like, am am I okay with having my pictures online?
0: Yeah. What if someone
1: sees like those are the main concerns, right? Sees my face or recognizes me or, you know, what if I want to get a job later and then these are around? What do I do? People think Mm -hmm. about stuff like that, but they don't think of like, oh, um okay you want to enter you want to start online sex work that means like 75 percent of the time is admin yeah <laughs>
0: like, yeah
1: is that what you want you want to be doing a lot of admin on your phone all day long yeah like, that's something yeah. that you should consider equally
0: <laughs> yeah because it's horrible oh my god the worst <laughs> oh, god. what was the
1: worst part of it for you um <laughs> what made you just want to throw your phone away
0: <laughs> having to check messages like having to just like like i don't even it's not even that i like don't like talking to people like talking to people's fine whatever yeah. but just the like <laughs> knowledge that oh i should check my messages oh i should respond to these messages
1: constantly oh i
0: need to be on my computer or my phone all the time oh yeah. i just can't i hate like i don't even really like social media i yeah. have to use it kind of for you know being a writer but yeah i i just it's just so exhausting <laughs> to have yeah. to like pay attention to it so yeah it's just the internet for me it's just horrible
1: <laughs> yeah and i feel yeah. like you know that's the thing that people don't think of also it's like well do you you know, are you a person that really likes social media and likes to be posting all the time, then online sex work might be great for you. That's,
0: yeah, you'd probably actually be really good at it.
1: Yeah, you probably would like get really successful. But if you're a person that like you don't like doing social media, then sex work may be fucking difficult. Like if you're doing it independently yeah. and that's your only kind of method of promotion and advertising and stuff, then if you don't like social media then Ugh, sorry babe you're not going to be able to like do this sustainably you know
0: yeah you're just going to hate your life like that it, it's just so hard
1: <laughs> yeah you're gonna want to yeah. dro- drop your phone in the tub <laughs>
0: yeah 100 <100%. laughs> percent. yeah I think the worst part of it is just like not being able to fully focus on anything else in my life <sighs> because you're constantly like oh I I started reading this book but what if I have a new message, you know, like, that's the kind of thing that really gets to me.
1: The mental I, don't, I don't like of...
0: knowing, yeah, knowing that you could mm. always be doing something. Yeah, yeah,
1: that you could be missing out on a gig exactly. or a sale. Yeah, or it's don't, really bad. Or you don't respond fast enough. So, you know, yeah. the person's gone. Yeah, that's a thing. That is fully a thing that um, I think another kind of myth surrounding online sex work or like doing an OnlyFans or like whatever mm-hmm. is that. It's easy and you can do it on the side, you know, like, so yeah. you can still have a full-time job and do your stuff, enjoy your life <laughs> and just but do this cannot. on the side. Yeah. But like, no, you know, not no. if you really want to make money from it, then no. Yeah.
0: If so much cool respect to anyone who money, can handle that. Cause yeah. I just, I can't imagine doing that.
1: Yeah. You kind of can't do it part-time. That's kind of not an option, yeah. you know, if you want to actually make money from it. Right. Yeah. Yep. People don't realize.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing how many, like when I first started writing this book and telling people what it was about, I swear almost every woman that I talk to has said, oh, I've thought about doing that. Or I looked into doing that. And it's yeah. like, yep, <laughs> of yep, course same. you have. <laughs> yep, we all have. <laughs> and then when I tell them like, well, it's actually like, you can't make that much money. It, unless you're doing like other things, which is kind of the point of the panty sites, right? Is like right. the the money you're making is not from selling panties. It is a little bit, but really, it's a vehicle for like all the other forms of sex work as well. Yeah. So, they, uh, yeah, I think so. I think some people have just like seen it in in the world and they thought like, oh, I can charge a hundred dollars for a pair of underwear for doing nothing. Really, like, no, yeah, no. no. <laughs> No, if only, though, if only.
1: Yeah, when you're established, you can start charging a lot for a little, but that's like years down the line of being like, okay, now I can charge this premium. And I literally only, you know, if my boundary is I don't want to do that thing, but I will do it for a 1000 bucks an hour, like after years and years and years of work, though, you can maybe be at that point and, and do that you know where yeah you know you can charge that much and people will pay it but like still that's years down the line that's you know people can do that but there's a lot of work you haven't seen they can't just pick they don't just pick up their phone one day and that's where you are
0: yeah yeah it's not just something to do for two months while you're between jobs (laughs) and and
1: expect to do it at that. (laughs) and expect to like
0: have it be a full-time thing right away Yeah. yeah Hell no. Okay,
1: Leah. I hate to cut off this conversation because it's been <laughs> a lot of fun. We've been gabbing away, but we are just about at the end of our hour. Um, yes. So, like, I know you hate social media. However, <laughs> I want to I want to give you the opportunity to tell people about your socials where they can follow you, and then most importantly, where they can buy sharp edges.
0: Yeah. So, um, I am on. Oh man, what am I on? Instagram, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and both of those, I'm just at Leah Moll, So at L-E-A-H-M-O-L. Great. Um, and I do post on Instagram fairly regularly. Uh, lots of pictures of my pets, which I'm sure everyone appreciates. Love it. Uh, and you can buy shirt edges anywhere that you can buy books. You, if they don't have copies, you can order one.
1: Awesome. And we will tag you in the social media links so um, people can follow you from there as well. Um, Leah, this has been so fabulous. Um, Let me see. What do I have to tell people? At the Lady Pim one is where you can follow me on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active. Um, But also I'm on Instagram at the Bedpost Podcast or at the Lady Pim. We have a Patreon that Leah is familiar with at the Bedpost Podcast uh what is it bedpost show yeah the bedpost show <laughs> we also have a youtube channel it is also the bedpost show um other than that i'd love to thank the person who does all the original music for my podcast she is stephanie copeland you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com but this is Liam. All. thank you so much for this convo it's been so awesome
0: thank you for having me it was wonderful my
1: absolute pleasure i hope you enjoyed it as much as we did everyone and we will see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the bed post podcast talking about sex and sexuality until then get fucked everybody good
0: bye this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network